Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for uh, tuning in today. I'm so glad that we're going to have a couple hours together or as much time as you have. I will take whatever I can get coming uh, on a Monday after a long holiday weekend and a nice uh, extended weekend for many. We had an extra day off, which was nice. And I think uh, I'm all in favor of a four-day weekend every weekend. Seems kind of nice. But we've got a great show today. Patrick's going to join me in just a minute. Sarah Perry is going to join me after that in place of the Monday afternoon mix because we've got uh, David Miles a little under the weather. And then Dr. Mark Muska is going to be around for hour two for Ask the Professor. So if you've got a Bible question that you would like answered by a former theology and Bible teacher right here from the University of Northwestern, get your question ready. Just so you know, you can send it over any time you want. So it doesn't have to be during the hour. It can be any time starting now. And the text line is open to 877-933-2484. Now, my first guest is my friend Patrick Albanese, who is, comes to us from the great state of Iowa and the prestigious town of West Des Moines. Patrick, welcome. Well, uh, I'm, 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 I'm writing down the, te- the text line. Oh, good. I'm writing it down. Yeah, yeah, I should have that. 9332484. I happen to know it uh, by memory, and I think being able to remember things is a good thing. And sometimes, uh, Patrick, as you know, little devices to help you remember things is a good thing. Like, yeah. do you, like I sat on my glasses once, and that was yes. really, I hated that because I bent them up and they were expensive. And I, I took them in there to get adjusted, and they were able to fix them and get them right. And the woman who did it said, I've got a little rule for you, off the face and into the case. And ever since then, I've been doing that. Very, now see, yeah, because mine, I had a similar one. Uh, it was, if you put them on the couch, your wallet will say, ouch. So <laughs> <laughs> I like that I, too. I think they both work, yeah. Yeah, well, originally... Off, off, off the face into the case. Yeah, that, originally... So how do you ever forget that? Yeah, originally, though, I thought I'd put them on a flat surface. Because if you put them on a table or a kitchen counter, you're not going to sit on them. But I think I took them off once and sat them on a couch cushion. And then guess what? I rolled onto them. I sat on them and I thought, I just sat on my glasses. And I took them in and got them fixed. And she said, off the face into the case. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's was nice of them to tell you that, but that kind of cuts back on the repair business a little bit, doesn't it? It does a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just keep doing what you're doing over there, and yeah. we'll see you next week. Yeah. So that's, a, that's, a, that's a great memory tool. I mean, that's, you know, we, it's, uh, I mean, grandma, of course, grandmas were always famous for the, you know, stitch in time saves nine, and you'd say, I, I love that. It, I don't know what it means, but it <laughs> rhymes. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you eventually you get old enough to realize, oh, that's like a sewing thing. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. I need to worry about that so much. Okay. Yeah. yeah so I want to I want to say to any listener that has a really great device, a memory device for something that you use all the time in your own life, text it over because we'd love to learn it 
because I think learning this is helpful, 877-933-2484. And Patrick, I think it'd be kind of fun to help people learn the 12 apostles. Now, keep in mind, there were 12 men that spent three years with Jesus, and how many people could rattle off all 12 names? You know, I could could the twelve apostles say, oh, "Who is that other guy that used to hang out with us?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, remember that one? He was he was so smart. Yeah, that, so, that would not be. Yeah, that's not an easy task. Yeah, but if you when you get to heaven and you and you, and you realize that there were twelve people in Jesus's inner circle, you don't want to go up to them and say, "And you were again, help me with this." You're. I, I yeah. I you know I've I mean never seen your picture before, of course. Um, but your name sounds familiar. Yeah. Your name sounds familiar. And yeah, where do you, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, we, you know, I used, that's, I'm used to that when growing up going to, uh, the Catholic grade school where, you know, all eight of us had the exact same nun in each grade for a teacher. And it was always, you, you're one of them. You're, <laughs> you're another Albanese. Are you a good Albanese or a bad Albanese? <laughs> that was the usual yeah. question. All right, so I've got a little... I always feel like I was in the Wizard of Oz. I have a little device for remembering you, the 12. You developed one. I developed one. You know, I just, I did okay. this today. All right, so you got to take this all with a grain of salt. So here's a way of remembering the 12. And, oh, no, and you, no more salt. I, I just got I just got over Thanksgiving. No more salt. All right. All right. Forget <laughs> that expression. I still have so much salt in my, uh, I have so much salt in my system. When I got home, the deer started to gather around me, just <laughs> hoping to, to get a quick little look. Okay. Grain of salt. I'll all right. Let's, let's travel. Let's travel yeah. from the top of our head down. Okay. So okay. at the very top of our head would, of course, be our our hair, of course. So let's skip that part because yeah. that's not everybody's got that, right? Right. All right. So let's go okay. to the, the the first thing underneath the skin on the top of your head would be your what? Your skull, right? Yes. And they say the skull is a pretty hard substance. It's it's rock yeah. hard. How about that? Your skull is rock hard. And Jesus said, "I will on on that rock I will build my church." Who was he talking to? Well, that would have to be Peter, of Peter. course. All right, so there's Peter. And, yeah, we have the head, and the head is great because yeah, that was one of those things. You know, when you were when you were young, you, sometimes you, your folks would say either your head is full of rocks, right, <laughs> or yeah, hard as a rock. Yeah, you know, your skull just, is like hard as a rock. And Jesus said, on, "On that rock, I will build my church." He was talking, of course, to Peter. All right, let's go beyond the skull now. Next down would be the brain. And you think, well, okay, who was the brainiac of the group? Who who would you guess? I mean, if you've watched The Chosen, the person that they have uh, sort of portrayed as the smart one in the group, it would be Matthew. Now, he was the tax collector. He's probably good with numbers, just like you are, Patrick. But I'm mm-hmm. saying possibly, most likely, the brainiac in the group was Matthew. So we've, okay. got, we've got the first... Hard as a rock, which is Peter, and then we go to the brain, which is the brainiac was Matthew. Okay, and you could say Matthew or Matt, or and the brain is a is the mind over matter. Ooh, I like Maybe. that. I like that. Yeah. All right, let's keep heading down. We're going down. We okay. get to the nose. All right, we're skipping the eyes. We'll go right to the nose, and you've got two nostrils, right? Have you ever heard someone blow their nose really hard and it sounds like thunder? You're talking about Uncle Louie. <laughs> I'm talking about Uncle Louie. <laughs> so there is the sons of thunder, and the sons of thunder are J. Joe. 
James and John. James and John. Those are the sons of thunder. All right. Yes. From the top, from the top, we have what? We have the skull. We got Peter. We have uh, have Peter. We got Peter. Hard as a rock. Yeah, hard as a rock. Now we got the brain, the brainiac of the group, and we're calling the brainiac Matthew. We get to the nose, and we've got two nostrils. And when you blow the nose hard, it's almost like thunder. There are the sons of thunder, James and John. (sighs) Now let's move on. Let's move on. Let's go to that area between the nose and the lip. Do you know what that area is called, Patrick? Uh, that's the, well, if you had a mustache, that's the landing place for the mustache. I, 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 I what is this there? Like, you know, everything has a name. Like last week or two weeks ago, I brought up an aglet, which is the thing on a shoelace, the little plastic thing. And, and you did not know that. And now you've got me. I, I yeah. don't know it, what It's you called call that. the philtrum. That area between your nose and your lip, that, that little fleshy, those two little lines, that area is called the yeah. philtrum. Philip, Philip. So well, there yeah, we man, got our. It's, it's, it's about Philip. the lip. It's the Philtrum. <laughs> Philtrum. Philip. All right. Phil, yeah, let's just see. So you would have to imagine that Philip had a very large Philtrum. That it, that it was. You go. That's an impressive Philtrum. Like I have a. I have a dimple <laughs> in my chin. Right. They, very popular in my family. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, 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 so that would be the first thing that people say, oh, you've got one of those. Yeah. And then they, say, they go, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's keep moving. Uh, we get to our mouth uh, now. And, and there's, okay. a, there's a game that you play, which is uh, kind of, it, it starts and finishes kind of with your mouth. And that's the game Simon Says. All right, so your oh, mouth I you says, say, "Mother, may I?" No, no, no. I I'm, I'm saying, with Mother, may I? Simon says, Simon. and Simon says you're doing a good job so far. How about that? So okay. You, you get to the Simon mouth and you play Phillip. the game. Simon says, "All right." Yeah. So from the top right. down, from the top down, we've got the skull, which would be Peter, right? We've got we got and Peter, we got Matthew, the the, the brainiac, the the, the, the brains, of, the brains of the matter, yep. matter, matter, matter. Then we go to the nose, James, James and John, James and John. And then we go down to Phillip. the philtrum, which is Philip. Okay. Now we're down. I haven't at the... written this down, by the way. Oh, I'm good. actually doing it from memory. Good, as you should be. Okay. Then you get yeah. to the mouth, okay. and we're saying, Simon says you're doing a great that job one's easy. so far. Simon okay. says. Okay. So I like that one. That one, you know, that one kind of connects with me. Simon okay. says. Okay. Now we're still at the mouth. So remember when you go to the doctor and they say stick your tongue out and they put that that tongue depressor on. So yes. And you go ah okay so. Tongue yes. depressor is a lot like James the Lesser. You're going for the rhyme here. I am going for the right. rhyme. This is kind of a stretch, but I'm liking it so far. Okay. So tongue depressor, how about James the Lesser? Is that working for I, you? I think it's working. Let me see. James Don't give me that. I think it's working. Come on. <laughs> Well, I, I let's see. I, I, I mean, uh, got something you know, Other things, other th- well, let's see. James the Lesser it rhymes with professor. That's true. Uh, I know. But what but part of your Russell body Johnson are you going to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. So let's go with tongue nope, depressor. Not, think, is yeah. like James let's the go Lesser. With tongue depressor. James the Lesser. Okay, that one might be a little bit tough for me. It's working, uh, but that will be the one I might stumble over the most. Okay. Okay. Well, right. you don't often talk about James the Less. Or James the Lesser. No. So that's kind of the hard True. one. So uh, you're going to think of tongue depressor, and that will trigger James the Lesser. 
that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm hoping for yeah. anyway. Well, it right. will now because you won't let it go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now let's scoot. Yeah, no, let's, it's, it's sticking. It's sticking. We'll yeah. keep scooting down. Now we're at the the neck, the nectaniel. We're at the nectaniel. Oh, wait. Ne- I mean Nathaniel, not Nathaniel. Nathan- I meant Nathaniel. Nathaniel, okay. So we're at the neck. Now, did you know Nathaniel was also known as Bartholomew? Okay, this is something that does pop up occasionally in the Bible. They say, you know, people had multiple names, and I don't know if these were just aliases, if they were, um, you know, I mean, Paul and Saul, obviously, same guy, uh, but there was a reason for the name change. So why, how do you get Bartholomew out of Nathaniel? Well, I'll ask Dr. Mark Muska an hour or two, so we don't have to worry about that. That's a that. Good, good question. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's like Margaret always becomes Peg. So, okay, Nathaniel, Bartho- well, Bartholomew, I, I like that better anyway. Well, you know, if, you, if you've ever watched an episode of The Simpsons, you know Homer you know, always tries to put his hands around Bart's neck and says, why you little? <laughs> yeah. See, that's so very that, visual That's a neck, me. too. All right. I need to take a yeah. break. We'll come back and finish our 12 apostles with Patrick Alban. He's my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. Hi, this is Bill Arnold, and thank you for checking out the podcast. I'm always glad when you make your way over to MyFaithRadio.com and look through the menu of everything you can listen to, programs that have already aired that you might want to hear again, or maybe you have a friend or a family member in mind that would really be blessed by hearing something you heard, and then it gives you an opportunity to talk about it and share your faith with a loved one. It's one of the great things I love about the podcasting at Faith Radio. And we have a great fundraiser coming up, so I would love for you to say yes to that. You can text the word GIVE right now to 877-933-2484 or follow the link in the show notes to give your gift today. Connecting Faith to Life, Faith Radio. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. Welcome to Monday and happy Monday. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend with family and friends. And we are, uh, I'm talking to Patrick Albanese today, and we're trying to help you remember all 12 apostles today. And we're having a little bit of fun doing this. Patrick, I just got a note from... uh, Listener Janet, she said, I love the way this helps me remember apostles, especially I'm a retired nurse and did head-to-toe assessments on my patients. So she is tracking. Oh, that's, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I dropped my son off at school today and uh, he wasn't feeling well. And I gave him a couple of memory mnemonics. I said, if, you know, if it, if it gets any worse, go see the nurse. Uh, if you start to feel better, write me a letter. I didn't really think <laughs> it through. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the apostles. Uh, If you're just joining the program, we're going uh, from the top of your head down, and we think uh, the first thing you run into is your skull, which is hard as a rock. And, of course, uh, Jesus said, uh, I I will build my church on this rock, which we're calling Peter. And then the brains is next, and we think that Matthew is probably the brainiac of the group. And then the nose and the nostrils, Mm -hmm. uh, when when you blow your nose real hard, it sounds like... Thunder sometimes, and that's the sons of thunder. 
And that's J. Joe, James and John. Then we go to that area between your nose and your lip, which is the philtrum. So there's Philip. And then you say yeah. with your mouth the game Simon says. You're doing a great job. So That's there's Simon. Now here's yeah. the tricky one. You're at the doctor. Yes. Put your tongue out and say, ah. And you do that. He puts a tongue depressor on your tongue, which is a lot like James the Lesser. Tongue depressor. Maybe he... Maybe 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 James the Lesser was a fancy dresser. There you and go. So if you imagine this guy getting the tongue depressor, but he's at the doctor's office, like you really dressed up for the occasion. I think that's very nice. <laughs> so James the Lesser at the doctor's office, who also happens to be a fancy dresser. Okay, I like I that. I think we got James. We All got right. James. Now we head yeah. down to the neck or Nathaniel. Oh, I didn't yeah. mean Nathaniel. I meant Nathaniel, who also went Bartholomew. by Bartholomew. All right, you're yes. doing great so far. Now, let's go down to your lung and okay. draw a big breath. Oh. And, uh, I, and you drew that. I noticed that you drew out the and draw. And draw a big breath. And what do you get, what do you get with that, Patrick? Uh, what well, I get, I, you know, I get a little lightheaded, actually. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you get? I would say, okay, I think you're going for Andrew because you keep going with Andraw, Andrew, Andraw. Is that, uh, is that the direction bingo. you're Bingo. You got that one. Correct. All right. So okay. now you've got Andrew. And just, Do you think they called him Andy you know, uh, in casual maybe. conversations? Who maybe. knows? Okay. Yeah, yeah, who knows? Just family and All friends, right. Andy. Just right. Who knows? Right. All right. Now that, okay. that, that little piece of area right below your lung, you've got this this like this gash in your in your right beneath your lung and who wants to put their finger in that ah uh well i okay i see what you're doing you know somebody yeah. wanted to put yeah yeah yep i gotta can you imagine being doubting thomas by the way because you're talking about thomas right i'm talking about thomas yeah you know there's no way he thought this was going to happen it's it's like the person you know that says you know if the Chicago Cubs win the World Series uh, World, World Series I'll eat my hat and in 2016 people were eating hats. <laughs> they said I didn't really think I'd have to eat the hat mm-hmm. and I, I'm wondering if Thomas when he put that proclamation down or whatever uh, said well you know I'm not going to have to do this I'm not going to have to actually do it and then he said well I guess I have to do it now <laughs> because <laughs> I said I would. All right. But that's easy to remember, right that, there, the gash beneath right, your lung. Right be- below your lung is that little gash on your torso, and guess who wants to put their finger in that, and that's Thomas. Now, yeah. all of a sudden, I don't want you to scream or get too shocked, but what is in your belly button? Oh, no, it's a <laughs> beetle. Get the beetle out of your belly button. Which of the beetles is it, man? Which of the beetles? <laughs> Which is one yeah. of the Beatles' uh, favorite songs? Uh, hey Jude. Hey Jude. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. So, but that doesn't mean Jude for Judas. No, 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 no. Don't no, jump no, no. ahead, Patrick. Please do not jump ahead. I'm not <laughs> jumping. I'm just. I'm. I'm. I'm right here in the belly button. Right here. <laughs> Put the beetle in the belly button. Yeah. So get the beetle out of the belly button. Say that a okay, fast couple so times, and you're going to go, there's a beetle in my belly button. Yeah. And, of course, one of the Beatles... Rubber, rubber baby buggy bumpers, I think. Right, yeah. yeah. Okay. One of the Beatles' most favorite songs is Hey Jude. And, of yes. course, Jude was also known as Thaddeus. 
You're just going to have to remember that, that part because I got nothing for that. Yeah, Thaddeus, so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work too. Thaddeus is interesting. Yeah, Thaddeus, Thaddeus, so interesting. Yes. Yeah. Okay, and, so and, you've and there's your way down. There's eleven, yeah. and now the man who needs no introduction, Judas, because no one ever forgets Judas. No. They often, I mean, I, they sometimes start with him, but he will always be in the list. Yes. If you if you were to say to people, well, name three of the apostles, Judas is making it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's always in the top he, three. He's always in the top three. People latch on to what they know the best. So you really only have to learn 11 names because Judas is an obvious. The, tw- the 12th is a freebie. It's a, Exactly. It's a freebie. <laughs> Buy 11, get one free. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> So, I, well, I, he, not, well, okay, I really like this. And the, the, and I love, love mnemonics like this because, you know, there's a period of time where you, you go, well, this is, it could be a tad cumbersome, but the process is what helps you remember all the stuff. And then eventually the, the mnemonic device disappears. You just remember the names. What's left is, you know, the thing that you built with it, the memory of the, of the 12 apostle names. Yeah, and, and your brain loves unusual. Your brain loves weird. So if you've got something a little unusual or something weird, your brain just remembers it. It can't help it. So let me give you a couple of listener but, inputs. Yeah. Yeah. Here's one. Be yes. flexible so you don't that. get bent out of shape. Isn't that a good one? Yes. That is a good one. Yeah. Uh, I always liked... Uh, one Harry Anderson used to say, you know, keep an open mind, but not so open that your brains fall out. <laughs> I like that. All right. So uh, as yeah. we are closing in towards the end of our time here, I want to go through a review and I will go from top to bottom. And you, Patrick J. Albanese, uh, you give the answer for memory because okay. right now you've written nothing down and I trust you've learned all 12 apostles. All right. As long as you go in order. I'm going in order from top to bottom. <laughs> do not mix up body parts on I am not going to do that. You know, Although I think I could right. and you'd still get it. Let's yeah, start I think so. top to bottom. So uh, we screw off the top of your head and we run into your skull, which is Peter. really hard. Uh, come on, Peter. I'd speed. This is too easy. All right. Peter. All right. right there. We get to the brain and? Matthew, he's a brainiac. He he's... was the mind over matter. All right, yes. I like that. All right, now we get yep. down to the nose and two nostrils and a big blow of the nose. What do we get? Uh, James and John, the sons of the sons of thunder, which was a Tom Cruise movie, I believe, in '87. I believe you're sure. right. I believe you're right. Yeah. Okay. All right, now that little All area right. between your nose and lip. Well, first, I'm proud to say I now know that is the philtrum. The philtrum. And we'll probably never forget it. Uh, so philtrum. Easily translates to Philip. It's nice. got the lip. It's got Phil, Philtrum, Philip. Yes, yes, and yeah. just like just like every uh, you know woman would like a pair of a full uh, pair of lips, full lips, right? So yeah, you can also full. think of it that way too. All right, and then you yeah. open your mouth and you play the game. Simon says, "Simon, Simon says, says you're doing a great job." Now yeah. that one's kind of a giveaway, right? Well, and you gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> you right. didn't, I didn't get quizzed on that one, but, but uh, yeah. the answer is Simon, just okay. in case you were curious. Yeah. All right. The next one involves your tongue because that uh, the doctor says, put out, stick out your tongue and say, ah, what do you get with that? Uh, well, okay. The tongue, you use the tongue depressor for James the Lesser, who's the fancy dresser. 
<laughs> I like it. I like the addition. Doug says, nice suit. Now stick out your tongue. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, Here's the get to the neck. Uh, neck Thaniel. Right. You we're know, of, I'm almost we're amazed. We're, That's we're out of time. Okay. Yeah. Bartholomew. Neck Thaniel. Uh, yep. And then the long. And then you're going to get Andrew. Okay. And the okay. side. Thomas. And the belly button. Jute Thaddeus. All right. We got to go. Patrick, thanks. This has been fun. Thanks. All right. We'll take a break and be right back with Sarah Perry. It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. Drive time, drive time. Let's get it started. Jump in your car. What's for dinner? It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. Welcome to the show. If you just joined me, uh, you've got a great, uh, I got a great show for you. And it, you, if you've been listening, you probably have the names of the 12 apostles stuck in your head, which is great. So I want to move on t- to now uh, a report that came out today, as a matter of fact, the Heritage Foundation released a new polling that shows that likely voters support for the deceptively named Respect for Marriage Act is significantly lower than what the media and is indicating, and especially among conservatives. So my guest is uh, Sarah per, uh, Partial-Perry. She's a senior legal fellow in the Edwin Meese III Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage, Heritage Foundation. Sarah, welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, delighted to have you. So I'm very curious to hear about this uh, new poll that came out today, and I would love for you to talk about it. Well, this is an interesting poll because we had chosen through OnMessage, which is a, a research firm, we had chosen particular states that were connected to those Republican senators who voted for the Respect for Marriage Act. Now, your listeners will probably be familiar with the term uh, Respect for Marriage Act. This is a bill that would essentially codify Obergefell versus Hodges, which was a Supreme Court's watershed precedent, uh, very groundbreaking decision from 2015, recognizing a constitutional right to same-sex marriage. But in addition to codifying what the Supreme Court has already determined exists under the Constitution, it also pulls in some hysterical talking points on the fact that they believe interracial marriage is suddenly at risk. And what we did was we determined whether or not these were actually provisions in this bill, which sounds nice enough, benign enough. Of course, everyone wants respect for marriage. What this does, we recognized, is that it fully and completely guts religious liberty. But it also showed this polling that the individuals we asked through on messaging were asked the particular question about whether or not they knew it was not protective of religious liberty. And in fact, among the 2,000 likely voters that were polled in these five states, and again, these represent GOP senators that voted for the Respect for Marriage Act, Indiana, Iowa, Utah, West Virginia, and Wyoming, those individuals who were polled did not recognize exactly how divisive this bill is and exactly what it does to religious liberty. 
our ultimate finding was that 53% of the 2,000 voters that were polled said that they were less likely to support the bill, including 46% who said it made them much less likely. And among Republicans, that number was a whopping 69%. Mm. So a lot of people have sort of drunk the Kool-Aid on the Respect for Marriage Act. But what we're seeing is that among individuals who've done their homework, they recognize that it's a bad sale. Sarah, what do they want us to believe that they want us to go along with? So it's interesting. We can sort of hearken back to why this is even a bill pending right now. We're in something called a lame duck session. And that means in the period of time after the midterms are over, but before the incoming freshman class is sworn in on Capitol Hill, there's a period of time where those that are outgoing have very little to lose. As you can imagine, they're not running for reelection. So very frequently they will try to cram through an extreme policy agenda before they lose their seat to an incoming who might be more conservative. And that's where the Respect for Marriage Act comes in. But the reason this bill is pending is because it comes from an opinion in the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Supreme Court ruling. Remember, this is a five to four ruling in which the justices determined that there was no constitutional right to abortion, that the Constitution has always been neutral, and that it was sending the issue of abortion back to the people's representatives and the people themselves to make determinations for themselves on the issue of abortion. Well, Justice Thomas, Clarence Thomas, had issued a separate opinion, and he agreed with the outcome, but he said, I would like to see the court revisit all of its substantive due process jurisprudence. Now, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. That means everything that emanates from the 14th Amendment to the Constitution that guarantees the lack of deprivation of life, liberty, or property without due process and guarantees equal protection under the laws. Well, the 14th Amendment has been used to justify quite a number of things, and among them was not just abortion, but also Drumroll, please. Same-sex marriage in the Obergefell decision. So his rationale, and it is a good one, though it is unlikely to gain any momentum whatsoever, is that he wants the court to go back and recognize that they've really stretched the limits on the 14th Amendment, that they've taken a whole bunch of liberties with the rights that they purportedly found in the Constitution. And Thomas would go back to the drawing board on these cases. However, it must be mentioned that Justice Thomas stood alone in that opinion. He was not joined by anyone else, mm. and not just the majority, but Justice Kavanaugh all said, we are not extending this past abortion. No other rights are currently at risk. So really, what we're hearing on Capitol Hill is a, real, a lot of sound and fury signifying nothing. <laughs> Sarah Parshall Perry is my guest from the Heritage Foundation, and we are uh, talking about the Respect for Marriage Act. So, uh, uh, Sarah, if you would, maybe we could talk about some of the specifics of the legislation, like the, the bill would encourage lawsuits against religious organizations for not participating in gay marriages. Yes. 
that's exactly it. And I think what people see when they take a very quick cursory look at the bill itself, they see language about religious providers. And what they've ultimately done is include some language on houses of worship not being forced to perform same-sex marriage ceremonies. Well, for anybody who followed what has happened since Obergefell, they know that houses of worship haven't been forced to perform same-sex wedding ceremonies. Why? Because it is so patently unconstitutional that no one's decided they're going to take the risk. It would set up a major federal lawsuit. So that protection that's offered in the bill is really, again, a whole lot of nothing. So what it does is by throwing in a little bit of sort of benign, soft-sounding language on houses of worship, it makes a very quick cursory read seem to indicate that, of course, churches are protected. Well, we know that not just churches hold fast to this orthodox, traditional belief on marriage and sexuality. You have religious individuals, you have religious for-profit organizations, you have religious nonprofits that aren't in the wedding business. I give you, for example, the Supreme Court's decision in Fulton versus City of Philadelphia, where we remember that Catholic Social Services was cut out of a government program because it had a preference for adopting out children to heterosexual married couples. They're not in the wedding business, so they wouldn't be protected. Hmm. What they've done is strictly relegated to the performance of wedding ceremonies, but anybody else is out of luck. What doubly compounds this problem is the fact that they have provided a private right of action for anyone who is aggrieved, anyone who is in a same-sex marriage, who is offended by what this particular stance might be on the part of a religious individual, in addition to empowering the Attorney General of the United States to also take action. So essentially, these individuals now have to show up in court to defend their First Amendment free exercise rights. And if they can pay a lawyer enough to successfully defend them, then they get to keep their First Amendment rights. And that's just not how the Constitution works. Oh, wow. It's so interesting. Uh, Sarah Perry is my guest. Uh, Sarah, let's uh, chat about how the bill would possibly weaponize the IRS against nonprofits and face uh, faith-based organizations. Yeah, and this is really interesting. This is a great point. In fact, there is language that says that under the bill itself, there is no removal, no revocation of tax-exempt status. Okay, well, that includes under this bill, meaning that nothing in the Respect for Marriage Act is going to gut singularly tax-exempt status. It doesn't say anything about not allowing the IRS to do that. And we remember back in the era under the Obama administration, Lois Lerner, her version of the IRS targeted aggressively religious uh, nonprofit organizations strictly because of their traditional Orthodox beliefs on marriage. We also know that in conjunction with the hiring of 87,000 IRS agents, nothing good can come from more tax agents, particularly in light of the fact that now tax-exempt status can be weaponized if you hold the wrong beliefs on sex. It's really unconscionable. 
Yeah, it sure is. I'm thinking about that potential hire, which probably won't happen, right? If Republicans take over, that they're not going to, they're going to kill that 87,000 IRS hire, aren't they? Well, we're hoping that that is precisely the case. But again, it depends on the kind of momentum that they get in both chambers. Yeah. Obviously, while we're we're looking at continued Democratic control of the Senate, there are two chambers that are required to pass any bill to send to the president's office. So we are holding fast to men and women, incoming men and women of character and conscience to be able to call forth some of the more egregious policies that have been put forth, particularly so in this lame duck session where we're seeing so much damage being done. Mm-hmm. Sarah, they're not putting uh, you and I in charge of the world right now, unfortunately, but if we we're going to hire 87,000 people, wouldn't it be better to hire them to go to the, the border versus uh, being in the <laughs> IRS targeting uh, taxpaying citizens? You know, Am I that- nuts? No, you are not nuts, and it's so simple. But simple, unfortunately, is not the way this particular administration works. Why simplify things when you can complicate them? (laughs) We have nothing short of a humanitarian and legal crisis at the southern border. We have had numbers of politicians, governors, including at the ground level, begging for help for INS agents, for border uh, customs and border protection, who are dealing with an influx of 18,000 illegal immigrants a day. And yet, somehow, this administration finds that it will pass the straight face test to advance 87,000 new tax agents and make sure that everybody is crossing their T's and dotting their I's on their federal tax returns. So, again, we're seeing sort of an upside down administration of justice and a misunderstanding of exactly what the founding fathers wanted for the country, a federal system, which is states rights predominantly and small federal government. This is an administration, unfortunately, that turns that notion inside out. Mm-hmm. Sarah Partial Perry is my guest. She's a senior legal fellow at the Edwin Meese III Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation. If you have a question for her based on what you've heard so far, I'd be more than happy to uh, take your question. The text line is open, 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. We want to pray for you. We all need prayer. We would love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer, and we pray for specific listener requests every week. Share your prayer requests with us anonymously and securely on our website at myfaithradio.com. Welcome to the show. My guest is Sarah Partial Perry from the Heritage Foundation. We're chatting today about the uh, re- the Respect for Marriage Act. And Sarah, is the bill acknowledging religious liberty, but kind of making empty gestures to address them? Yeah, that's exactly how I would describe it. That's precisely what they're doing. And, you know, I'd like to 
sort of harken back here to the uh, Obergefell v. Hodges ruling from 2015, because two things sort of harken to where we are right now. During the oral arguments for Obergefell, uh, President Obama's top lawyer at the Justice Department, Don Verrilli, Solicitor General then, was talking to one of the justices, I believe it was Justice Samuel Alito, because he was asked about revoking the tax-exempt status of religious organizations that hold fast to man-women marriage. Mm -hmm. And he said, point blank, I can't lie, that's going to be an issue. Well, the fact that he hearkened it, and now we're looking at a bill that has essentially, without saying so, empowered the IRS to take a closer look at the nonprofit status of those individuals who hold that kind of a belief really does indicate to me that this is going to do much more damage than the average individual understands, which is why for us, this polling was so significant and why the outcome, the results from these pollings, particularly among GOP voters, indicated that approximately 70 percent of them said no way. So this is really as much as anything else a public relations campaign right now. We've got about six weeks, five weeks or so to really pump the brakes on this bill and to try to pull back the Republican uh, signatures on this in an effort to get Senator Mike Lee's religious liberty amendments tacked on, which is far more inclusive of religious liberty and recognizes some of the scenarios we were just talking about. Sarah, can you talk about what Senator Lee's uh, proposed amendment is? This particular amendment discusses, among other things, not just houses of worship, but individuals, for-profit organizations, non-profit organizations, makes it very clear the fact that not only is the Religious Freedom Restoration Act not implicated, but the First Amendment is not implicated as well. Listen, the bill is a bad bill, but particularly Senator Lee's option here is a far preferable outcome that knowing that we're not able to sort of garner control in the Senate really sort of puts a a better shine on a bill that we're hoping in the next two years might ultimately itself be repealed. But at the very least, it is far more inclusive. It anticipates all of the potential uh, organizations and individuals who could be impacted, makes sure that their tax-exempt status cannot be ever weaponized against them, and really sort of clarifies some of the things that you and I have been discussing. Mm-hmm. So maybe uh, as a reminder, or to summarize this, if this bill um, is going to target people and institutions of faith, and they're going to use this to maybe their uh, their tax-exempt status, go after that, or government contracts, scholarships, or licenses for adoption, foster care, and counseling services. Yeah, that's exactly it. And that's precisely what we're looking at here, is the fact that religion is not something that the Supreme Court has said must be kept behind closed doors. And in fact, they said, again, quoting from Obergefell, because this is the reason, of course, the hysteria from the Dobbs decision, hearkening back to Obergefell and saying we really need this codified on the books, 
which parenthetically is absolutely a waste of time and effort and government resources because all 50 states now recognize same-sex marriage. Nowhere is this considered illegal. Nowhere has a state legislated against it because the Supreme Court's made very clear In the opinion itself, Justice Kennedy, who was one of the more liberal justices, said diverse beliefs about the role of gender in marriage are held by reasonable and sincere people based on decent and honorable religious or philosophical premises. Congress affirms that such people and their diverse beliefs are due proper respect, but in this bill, it doesn't go on to add and protection. Respect is one thing. We understand everyone's beliefs should be respected, but the Supreme Court wants to make clear you can live out your religious convictions in every aspect of modern life. Unfortunately, under the Respect for Marriage Act, the way it is right now, they have relegated only behind church and synagogue doors. Hmm. Sarah Perry is my guest. Sarah, how will this arm activists? this bill? Well, one of the things that we're seeing, and this is something I hearken to very um, briefly in the beginning, there's been sort of a talking point that's been pulled in and the discussion of interracial marriages as being suddenly at risk. Again, that sort of goes back to Justice Thomas's lone concurrence in the Dobbs decision from this summer recognizing that there was no constitutional right to abortion. But what I find ironic is that they've cited his opinion as putting all of these other substantive due process rights at risk, including interracial marriage, when in fact the opinion written by that separate concurrence was by a justice who himself is in an interracial marriage. We have not seen since Loving versus Virginia in 1967 any attempts to make illegal or legislate against interracial marriage. So to include that with same-sex marriage as deserving of its own separate legislation is just hysteria that's really designed to whip up activists, just as you were saying. It is a talking point, again, driving the timely necessity for passing a bill like this. Again, they're urging its passage and ratification because we're in a lame duck session and you have a number of Dem House um, members who are going to be out in very short order and they're really swinging for the fences on their way out. Hmm. Sarah, I'm old enough to remember when Barack Obama was president. Um, and I remember, I. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him saying uh, on the presidential campaign that he believed marriage is between a man and a woman. And Hillary Clinton said the same thing. Yes, as did President Biden at one point. Yes, but he did. He seems to have sort of turned code at that point. Uh, also, I think what we're seeing, unfortunately, is a failure of character-driven leadership. These are individuals who are responding to the culture, not driving the culture. And they have an opportunity to make the right determinations correctly interpret what the Supreme Court has said, recognize that their limits under federal law, under the Constitution, are strictly enumerated. But instead, as I said, they've gone as wide as they possibly can, because this is an administration in particular that has sought 
sexual and gender identitarianism like no other. And what we saw as once moderate perspectives from the Democratic Party are no longer. Those are now considered to be conservative perspectives, even though for millennia, individuals held as a general rule to the concept of men and women in one marriage. Unfortunately, we're not seeing that now. Mm -hmm. And to quote your president, Kevin Roberts, from the Heritage Foundation, he said, the fight for religious liberty is one worth fighting. These poll results show that most of us, except some lawmakers on Capitol Hill, know intrinsically the American people do not support weaponizing the power of the state against people of faith. You know, it's exactly what we have been saying for so long, and religious liberty remains sort of the tip of the spear. It is the first among our enumerated rights in the Bill of Rights, but it will continue to be at essentially the firing line end of this current administration's sexual and gender identitarianism if men and women do not stand up and say, enough, we get our religion everywhere, not just in church. Mm-hmm. And the the Heritage Foundation, you're gonna you're gonna put some fight into this, aren't you? You got some resources going into this fight, and and I appreciate what you're doing at the Heritage Foundation. We're very passionate about it, and this is a time where we really feel very strongly that we have an opportunity to draw a hard boundary, to set our line in the sand, and make sure that the next administration is aware of exactly how many Americans believe religion ought to be protected. Mm -hmm. Sarah, when did you uh, know you wanted to be a lawyer? Well, I think my parents would say very, very early on, because I was the kind of person who was always eager to take up an argument and prove my point. And I think my kids now, hence these many years later, would probably say the exact same thing, (laughs) that I picked the right profession. Yeah. Are there any uh, attorneys in your family? Yes, my dad is an attorney. Uh, I also have an uncle that was an attorney, and I am hoping that my youngest, who himself loves to argue, is uh, going to be an attorney as well, but one of the good guys. Nice. So nice having you on the program. Thank you for taking your time today with us. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. Sarah Parshall Perry has been my guest. She is at the Heritage Foundation. You can learn more about uh, the story we talked about today at heritage.org. All right, we're going to take a little break, but coming up, Dr. Mark Musk is going to join us for our one of my favorite segments called Ask the Professor. And as a professor of theology and Bible, he's got a lot of stuff in his head. All we have to do is get to it. So what you do is send the question over, and I will ask him the question, and I bet you'll get an answer to your question on the air in the next hour. So get your questions ready. Send them over anytime, 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. And tomorrow we've got our special winter fundraiser, one day only. I can hardly wait. Be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.